morning. Man, it is so wonderful to see you guys this morning. How many of you um, have heard that there was a Kentucky Derby yesterday? There's a few of you. Those, I, I'm, I, I, like, I like sports. Um, I like the Kentucky Derby. And there's a lot of times that it's like, I really believe that God speaks to us in many ways. And one of the ways he speaks to us is through prophetic signs and wonders. And a couple of years ago, there was a horse that won the, the triple crown, actually, and it was his name was Justice. Justice. Or justify. And it was like, okay, that is means the word justice. And and it's it really has some prophetic significance. So a lot of times, unless you're really tuned into that, you really don't know what God's doing. So I believe that God speaks to me through the Kentucky Derby. One of the things that we've been talking about is how to walk in the spirit. One of the things we've been talking about that I believe that during this time is God is allowing some things to be stripped away from us so the true gospel, the authentic gospel, are you with me, can begin to come forth. So he's stripping away religion, and some of us may deal with religion. But guess what? God's dealing with those things. He's stripping away those things so that the authentic can come forth. And we've been talking about the law, and we were talking about operating the law of life in Christ Jesus and or operating in the law of sin and death. Well, the, the favorite to win the Kentucky Derby last or yesterday was a horse by the name Tis the Law. And the horse that won it yesterday was a horse by the name of Authentic. So you can look at it and go, oh, that's just a coincidence. Is it really? And even if it is a coincidence, is it something that maybe God is trying to bring the authentic? And some of us operate into the law. You know what I mean? The law is good, so don't get me wrong. But Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law. And then we operate in the authentic, which is the kingdom of God. And we felt, I felt like the Lord was really bringing us to the place of teaching more on the kingdom of God and the authenticity of what Jesus came for. So on Wednesday nights, we're doing that. Now, I've had some people sometimes they're like, hey, I'm just feeling dry. I'm just, I mean, just, it's just like, you know, I'm struggling. I'm not getting fed. And here's the thing that when you have some people that say that to you, the question is, is, are you going to the table to eat? Hello? Because there's some people that are saying, well, what, what takes place at Living Word Fellowship? On Tuesday nights, if you want to get fed, there's a Celebrate Recovery group that meets that I've been going to, and it's just absolutely amazing. We're watching people's lives get changed. We're watching people be able to, to come up to that next level. They're overcoming some things that's there. We have prayer. Debbie has prayer on Friday, Friday nights for OAPN. It's a spiritual warfare type prayer. And if that's what God's called you to do, then you need to walk in and step in that. And it's at 6 o'clock on Friday nights. Saturday mornings, I don't know if you guys know this, every Saturday morning... From Since January, every Saturday morning, we've had prayer here from 7 to 8. 
7 to 8. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. We're praying in the Spirit. We're praying in what Jude 20 calls our most holy faith. And then we've got Sunday school class that the, you can come and be part of. They can just come, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's no prerequisite. You don't have to, you know, you know, to have a doctorate degree like some of the people that may have that operate. And, and you don't have to have a master's or bachelor's. Or you don't have to have that. You just come and be involved. And there's a Sunday school class that you guys can be involved in that they're able to do. What we've been able to do is is launch that, and it's for you to be able to get fed. It's for you to be able to grow. And then there's Sunday mornings, and we appreciate you being here Sunday morning, but I want you to grow. So there's opportunities for you to grow if you want to step into those opportunities. I know some others that want to do some different things as far as uh, small group wise. We've been having some kids, young adults get together with us on Thursdays, and we've been trying to speak into their lives and do some of those things. We're going to continue to do that. There's some things that are taking place that you may not realize that are taking place, but you have the opportunity. One of the opportunities, Shelly and I were talking about, you can go on the internet. You want teaching on faith? It's there. You want teaching on healing? It's there. Come on. There is nothing on the Internet, basically, that you can't either find or hear or look at or view. I know guys that, 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 are, that run businesses and they're mechanics and they go on the Internet, Dwayne, to find out how to fix something. You know what I mean? Or where'd you get that from? Well, I looked at the Internet. I watched this video and I learned how to do that. And there's just so there is. I'm telling you, we are in we are in an era of knowledge and information. It's flowing. In fact, it's flowing from all places. I want to thank Sean for Wednesday night. We appreciate you. We listened online on the way back from Matoka Wednesday night. And Sean taught about and we talked about the things that God has done and how God can still do it today. And how, how God is moving. And, and I appreciate that, Sean. So let's give Sean a hand for that. I appreciate the word. You guys can go online. You can watch that, right? They go to LWF. Uh, church lwfchurch.com you can go online you can click on there and 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 or facebook live can they do both Catherine says yes you can do both so you can go on there you can find that facebook live you can hear his teaching on wednesday night so i'm excited about when i see like the kentucky derby and the 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 the, the horse authentic it won the kentucky derby i want us to get to the place where we have an authentic relationship with Jesus. Oh, come on. Are you hearing me? See, it's going to take some, it's going to take some work to do that. So real quick, I want to get into the word today. Um, 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 um. You can go to Galatians chapter five. We're going to look at uh, verses 16 through 23, but I'm going to follow up on what it means to walk in the spirit. But before we do, I, I have some, a gift that I want to give somebody. Tatum, if you would come up here now, how many of you know you may have fallen and gotten knocked down, but you get back up? Amen. And then, then the, you know, her she broke a coffee mug, right? So how about if I give her a coffee mug from all of us? So there you go. God is a God of restoration. Amen. So the thing of it is, is after she fell, I heard she was walking in the spirit. Right. 
Because there are some of us that might have fallen and then gotten mad and then went around and kicked the windows out and the doors and, and threw a temper tantrum and been so upset and mad and angry that they went home and they kicked their cat and beat their dog, right? And they put the kids to bed early and all this other stuff. How many of you know that's not walking in the spirit? That's walking in the flesh. Amen. So the Bible tells us, and we've been challenging you guys to walk in the spirit, to walk in the spirit. Say that with me. Walk in the spirit, to walk in the spirit. Some of you, have you had an opportunity this week to where you could have walked in the flesh, but you walked in the spirit? One of the things that Virginia shared about was where she was quickened by the Holy Spirit to call somebody and then said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to call them or not. And then finally was quickened again. She was quickened again to call that person and then called that person was a blessing to that person because they called them. Has anybody got any testimony or they want to share about, come, come on up, Robert, uh, that w- where you maybe had the opportunity to walk in the flesh, but yet you walked in the spirit? Uh, I, was, I was at work at Hutch's. I'm a maintenance man there. And uh, I was out there like cleaning up the parking lot. And this guy just comes up to me and hands me $10. He's saying, you're doing a great job out here. I don't know who he was. I don't even know his name. So, and he told me, have a good day and God bless you. And I mean, that that just shows God's moving out in the community. So, hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Somebody walked in the spirit and blessed him. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you're next. I think you're next. I think you're going to be next. Anybody else ha- have a testimony? I-, I-, I really want them to be in the teaching that I had. Anybody else that has that's heard the teaching? Come on up, Dwayne. Come on up. You guys that have heard the teaching, that have had a chance to, to-, to walk in the Spirit, those-, I- those are the ones that I want you to have- be able to testify. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been in the oil field for quite some time. I got out, went back. Worked for this place for, oh, about three years. And they, I mean, I rebuilt everything they had. And they told me Friday, after I worked all day, that I had to go to Texas to work, stay down there for a week. Only 40-hour guarantee, no per diem, but I had to go down there to work 40 hours. And that was it. I could have punched him in the face. <laughs> Serious. But I said, no, thanks, it ain't for me. I quit. I'm out here. So, there he is. <laughs> so you walked in the spirit and said, it's time for me to go on to what something God has something else for me. You know, sometimes when you, but he didn't punch him in the face. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Because you know what would have happened if you'd have punched him in the face, then you would have been the one that had been, would, had been getting bailed out of the jail. Okay. Galatians chapter five. It says, if we live by the spirit, let us Walk by the Spirit. Let us walk by the Spirit. So we know that it's step by step. It's walking one step and then another step. And we know this word walking, I mean, walk is not just um, uh, uh, being, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's an active word, meaning you're walking and you continue to walk. And it also means to live in the Spirit. It also means to live in the Spirit. How hard is it? To keep your mind on the things of God throughout the day. How hard is it when you're watching the, the television, you know what I mean, or the news, and, and, I, and you, you can really become angry. 
at some of the things that are taking place. How hard is it when you're hearing about some uh, some things that have happened to a friend or neighbor of yours, and then you 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 want to take up their offense? You know what I mean? And you want to go to bat for them. How 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 about how are those things? Are we able to walk in the spirit? How difficult is it when you get knocked down to not get angry? How difficult is it when, when, when you're dealing with life issues and you're driving along and somebody cuts you off or runs a red light? Are you, you with me? That you don't call curses on them. You know what I'm saying? That we walk in the spirit. I was reading in Luke chapter 9, uh, Luke 9, and it was talking about where the disciples had told Jesus. They, basically, there was um, some others that were casting out demons that were, could I say this, operating in the kingdom of heaven. And they were like, we need to go to them. Do you want us to call fire down on them? Y'all remember the scripture? Let's just call fire down on them. Let's just, and it's like, how hard is it? The disciples who were with Jesus, who were watching them heal, deliver, set free, forgive. Come on. He, they were watching all these things. Now, all of a sudden, their attitude was, let's call fire down on them. And Jesus looked at him and said, you don't know what motive you're operating from. Hello? We've got to be careful when we're talking about walking in the spirit that we walk in the right motive. All right? The Bible says to love those things that God loves. And to hate, it's a strong word, but hate those things that God hates. So when we look at that and he talks about walking in the spirit, we need to know that we want to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. I want to keep my mind on the things of God. When I have the mind of Christ, and the scripture tells us to have the mind of Christ. But how many of you know there's sometimes I don't operate in the mind of Christ all the time. I can have some thoughts and you can have some thoughts. And what do you do with those? And how do we walk in the Spirit? I'm glad you asked that, Daryl. I'm glad you asked how we walk in the Spirit. Because I want to show you what the Word of God says about walking in the Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5. Um, when we look and, and become believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we are on a journey. We are on a process. Not, I'm telling you, not everything changes and happens right away. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, it's like when you're walking through it, when you're, when you're operating through it, when you're dealing with it, we have choices. I mean, Tatum talked about those, those choices that, that the children make, our kids make, or, or even as adults, we have choices and there's consequences to those choices. And listen, they can be good consequences. You make some good choices. There can be some good consequences, but I, I've made some bad choices. Oh, everybody needs to go. Oh, see, now you make me feel better that, you know, we all may, I've made some bad choices. I've made bad choices and I've had to deal with those consequences. And there's sometimes the grace of God. Oh, come on. That I didn't get what I really deserve to get was God's grace. Everybody say God's grace. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for his grace? Because his grace, Paul, Paul, Paul was dealing with an issue. And he was like, man, I got this. This, this messenger from Satan, this, this issue going on, and, and some believe it was demonic uh, oppression. They believe that he was being attacked. I mean, some believe that it was a, a, a sickness, a, a, a disease that he's dealing with. And he, what he heard the Lord say was, 
my grace is sufficient for you. So in the middle of what you're going through, we've got to know that God's grace is sufficient for us. So how do I walk in the spirit? Galatians chapter 5, verses 26 through 23 in the Passion Translation. (sighs) I want to read that to you. Let me read this to you. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. Look Look up here just a minute. We want you to operate in the freedom of Christ. We want you because... Christ has set us free, that we want you to be able to operate in that. And and I'm telling you, God wants you to operate in the freedom that he's given you. God, see, you got to shift your mindset. If you believe that God is a hard task master up there with a ruler or a bat or a stick or whatever it might be, and he's going to whoop you or beat you, because you didn't do this right or you didn't do that right, we got to shift your belief system. And, and, and I want us to look at it. Some people will say, well, you know, I saw some things in the Old Testament. Do you want to know what true theology is? Theology is theo is a, the Greek word for God. It's God. It's theo. It means God. Theology is the study of God. So you heard of theologians, right? They're supposed to know some stuff. And they, some of them do know some stuff, but we've been taught. I could go back to Aristotle and, and, and Plato and some of those great thinkers, the Greek thinkers, uh, years and years ago, and how they have shifted and changed how we believe and how the Bible is interpreted. The true theology, everybody say true theology. True theology is Jesus. Why don't you open up your Bible and read everything about Jesus, and you're going to see true theology. You're going to see a God that forgives and doesn't hold accountable the sins of Peter. So I want you to, when you, when you get a chance, as you're seeing a true theology is Jesus. So I love to look at it, and I love to look at how Jesus, how Jesus handled this. How did he operate in this? What did he do here? What was this here? How did that take place? And he wants us to be able to have the freedom. And he had the freedom to what? One, one lady, he told, he said, go sin no more. <laughs> it's like, okay, good, don't do that again. It's stupid. Can I use modern-day vernacular? It's like, don't do that again. Okay? He's like, go. And then it's like, and then we look at this and we see those different things where we've actually operated in, and we say, God, we want you, we want the freedom to be able to operate in that. But Paul says there's some things that you have the freedom to do, Jackie, but it may not benefit you. May not benefit you. Hello. May not benefit you. My wife's trying to get that across to me every time I get on a basketball court and I want to play basketball. I was recently at a doctor's appointment, and the guy looked at my knee, and, and I was talking about, well, can he walk? And he was like, no, I don't want you walking. Your knee's messed up, and I'm believing God to heal my knee. Amen? But he, and I said, what about basketball? And he goes, <laughs> no basketball. And I just knew I didn't want to turn and look at Shelly because he said no basketball. I thought he, said, I thought he meant no basketball ball for that day. 
So maybe I'm coming to the place, Dwayne, where my basketball days may be over. But it's okay. But I have the freedom to play. Come on. But I also have the freedom to walk out the consequences <laughs> that maybe at 60 years old I shouldn't be playing basketball with the 19-year-olds. Come on. So he goes on and he says about talking about your self-life and the cravings that offend the Holy Spirit and they hinder you from living free within you. The Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominate you, dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life and the flesh and the new creation life in the Spirit of God. Your self-life in the flesh, Crystal, is at odds with your spirit life, right? Because your spirit man, your spirit life wants to bring life. And there's some things that our flesh does that are going to create death. Come on, somebody. It may not be a physical death, but it can be a spiritual death. It goes on, and it goes on to say this in the, the Passion Translation. It says, but when you were brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Tis the law got beat by the authentic racehorse because we want to operate in the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to operate in that authenticity that Christ died and gave his life for. It's soaring above that. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're soaring above. Look at you go. You know, look at you go. You're soaring above. Annette, you're soaring above. You're soaring above. Junior, you're soaring above. You're, you're soaring above those things. Goes on and it says the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after the things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred, those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all the similar behavior. And he says, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God we've talked about is God's way of doing things. The blessings that are in the way that God says to do that. I don't know about you, but I just think, let's take a minute, if you will, on those issues there, because I think it hits us all. So I want you to trust me a moment. I want you to say this after me. Say, Father God, forgive me. For any of those flesh things. I ask you to cleanse me from that. And I receive that. Right now. In Jesus name. See it's important. That we point out. That fruit has to take place in a believer's life. You remember this right here. Remember this example. The company. Produced this bottle. Okay, 
This bottle was not produced out of life, but I do have something that was. An apple, a fruit. Fruit is produced out of life. Everybody say life. You see the difference? This was produced by putting some components together and molding the plastic and running it through a, uh, 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 an assembly line and then putting everything together. It wasn't produced out of life, but how many of you know this is? This is produced out of life. See, this, there, there are no two apples that are alike. Just like you are produced out of life. And there's no two of us that are alike. Oh, isn't that amazing? See, because you're a masterpiece for, the, for God. There's nobody like you. There may be some similarities in people, your friends or family members or something like that. I had sometime one, somebody said, do you live in Norman? And I'm like, no, I don't live in Norman. Do you go to Norman a lot? I'm like, no, I don't go to Norman. There is somebody in Norman that looks a lot like you. And I was like, that's great, but it's not me. How many of you know it's not me? Everybody has unique DNA. You know why? Because you're made out of life. This apple has unique DNA. How many of you know this doesn't? So we're made out of life. We're, we're operating out of life. I'm going to toss this to you so you get to catch this. Not you, baby. John, behind there you go. I'm going to, that, that's, you're made out of life. So you keep that. And remember, we're going to talk a little bit about life. So if we're going to talk about how to walk in the spirit, let's take a look at what he continues to say. He goes on and he says, haven't I already warned you about those freedoms? These things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, what will inherit the kingdom of God? What is the, what is my behavior? Then what does it need to look like? And what does it mean when I walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. When I begin to walk in the spirit, there's certain characteristics that the Bible gives us. So let's take a look at them real quick. Number one, it says, but the fruit, verses verse 22, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine. The spirit is divine. And he goes on and he gives these examples of what this spirit should begin to produce. And the first one is love. Everybody say love. It's an agape love. It's a divine love. It's a love that, that it, I guess the best way to, to, to explain it is it's unconditional. God has an agape love for you, and it's not based on how good you are. See, people don't want to preach this. You know why? Because they don't trust human nature. Human nature is like, well, 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 if that's the case, then I'll just go do whatever I want to do. Well, try that. How's it working out for you? Because there's times it don't work out for you. But we know that you, as you mature and you grow in the Lord, that you go to a different level. You rise above that human nature. Oh, can I say that? And operate in the, in the nature and the DNA of God, of our, our creator, of our Father. And that, that love, that is an agape love. That, that is, you know, when you look it up in the Greek... It means love feast. It means there's so much love. It's just love. It's just love. It's just love. He just loves you. And he, and you haven't done anything, Terry, to earn that love. See, we try to, we try to base that on. Or we raise kids and we try to base it on, well, I love you. Why? Because you cleaned up the garage. Well, when you don't clean up the garage, well, fine. If you'd love me, you'd clean up the garage. No, they love you no matter what. 
And God loves us no matter what is going on in our life. And that's the agape love. That's a that's the agape love. And, it, and, and then we begin to look at the scripture and there's some varied expressions of that. And the, the other thing, the next thing is joy. And he talks about joy that overflows. Joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> Where? Some of you are like, I've never heard that. I got some joy, 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 joy down in my heart. It has to overflow. Joy has to overflow. Joy has to overflow. Man, I like Pastor Jerry's chocolate cake. And he makes that chocolate cake. It brings joy. Well, Pastor, that's the sugar that you're eating. You know what I mean? That's what's bringing you joy. No, the cake is bringing joy. And it brings joy to us. And it's joy that overflows. Something good is going to happen to you, I believe, today. And your joy will begin to overflow. And you'll be able to walk in it. And you got to look at it and go, man, look what God just did. Guy walked up to him and gave him $10. I'm like, I'm next. Because he looked and he saw that you're doing a good job. I don't know how many times we're, we're working on the other church building and we're, we're painting the outside. I don't know how many people have walked by there, driven by there. We've had them drive around the building. And we're like, what are they doing? I'm like, they're just looking at it. They're just looking at it. And they go, wow, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And how many of you know the guys that are working there that are doing that? And I can say, look, you know what they're doing? They're like, yeah, they're looking at the building. And we they roll the window. One guy walked from the store all the way over and said, I came over just to tell you how good this looks. And I looked at the faces of the guys that were working there. And you know what it brought to them? Joy. And it was overflowing. It was an, it was overflowing. That, that word joy is kara and it means calm or delight. And it's overflowing. It's overflowing. Why don't we let that overflow? Man, I mean, it's amazing how if something bad happens to you, you'll put it on Facebook and you'll tell everybody, Oh, woe is me. But when something good happens to you, I don't know. Maybe you're afraid to put it on Facebook. I know, you know, because when something good happens to you, I think it needs to overflow. So whether it's on Facebook or not on Facebook, what I'm saying is that when something good happens to you, you need to rejoice. You need to have joy. You need to let it overflow. It's like, oh, man, this is good. This is really good. I got a hold of some ribs the other night that was pretty good. I had some joy in eating them. My wife cooked them for me. They were amazing. And I ate them, and a lot of times we have leftovers, but we didn't have many leftovers that day. I had enough to eat the next day, but that was it. She was like, what, what, what are you going to do for supper tonight? I'm going to eat them ribs. The rest of those ribs that you cooked for me, my joy was overflowing. If you'd have come to my house, I would have been happy. I probably would have shared with you, and we would have had joy. Everybody say joy. So if we're going to operate and walk in the spirit, then we need to walk in the love. Not just love as we know it from our Western mindset, but the Hebrew or Greek agape love, that love that God has for us, we operate in that. And then we look at the joy. And then the next one is peace. Everybody say peace. And that's peace that subdues. That is a Greek word, irony. Irony, and it means a peace. We know it means the peace 
that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. A peace that you can't understand while you're in the middle of that peace that's there. While you're steady Eddie, while you're driving through it, come on somebody, or you're going through it, it's that peace that just begins to come. The Hebrew word is the shalom, the, the wholeness of God, the fullness of God. But it's a peace. It is a quietness. You know what that word peace also means, Garrett? It means prosperity. It means prosperity. That you're prosperous, not just in money, but you're prosperous in your soul. You're prosperous in your mind. You're prosperous in your will. Come on, you're prosperous. You have the peace and it subdues everything else and allows that prosperity to come forth. The next thing that we want to look at is not only love, joy, peace, but patience. Patience. Some King James Version, I think it puts long-suffering. I, can I tell you, I didn't like that scripture. When I first, when I first read about that, you know, I studied and memorized a lot, and it was in the King James Version, Linda, because that's, you know what I mean, didn't have a lot of different versions out. That was many years ago. But, but it was like long-suffering. And here's what I was taught. Y'all want to know what I was taught about that? That you know what, brother? To be a Christian, you just got to suffer a long time. You just got to suffer, 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 suffer. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. Right? Can I be honest with you? It's like it's long suffering, brother. When you're when you become a Christian, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you're living for God and then people come up because that's what they're like. It's like, oh, it's just suffering a long time. I'm like, what? I just, I got to drag this ball and chain around just because, you know what I mean? I got to drag it around. And then I began to start looking at the word in it, and it really didn't mean that. It didn't mean you got to suffer a long time. But listen, there is suffering that we walk through. There is suffering that Christ went through. There's some issues that you've gone through. There is not a single one of us that hasn't suffered through something. And when, when we look at that, and when I looked at that word, and I began to start thinking about it, it was like long-suffering. It's really makaruthamia is the Greek word, makaruthamia. And it literally means this. It means <laughs> not suffering a long time, but it means fortitude. It means fortitude. It means patience that endures. Fortitude. It's, it means patience that endures. Well, it's not gotten any better yet. Well, guess what? Keep on keeping on because the patient is going to continue to endure. You're going to endure those things. You're going to get through those things. And if we don't know the word of God, then how do we come back? And, and I quote Romans 8, 28. God's working this thing out. Well, I don't like it. Well, guess what? God's working it out. Well, I don't like it. It's a difficult thing what you had to do, Dwayne. But guess what? God's going to work that out because that's the God that we serve. He's the one that's going to begin to work that out. And I'm excited to see how he's going to work that out and what he's going to do with that. And as we look and operate and walk in the spirit of God, we got to know that God's going to have patience with us. And it's going to be patience that endures. How many of you like patience that endures? You know, so you don't quit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep living for God. Well, it hadn't happened. God didn't do this and God didn't do that and he didn't do that. Well, what have you done? There may be some things you haven't done. So we begin to walk in that and we know that there is patience that is endures. So when you're walking in the spirit, you got to walk in the patience that endures. That endure. Excuse me. Ah, I'm taking a deep breath. 
Kindness, another way to walk in the, in, in, the, in the spirit is kindness. And that means in action. That means in action. This word kindness in the Greek is, it means moral excellence. Moral excellence. It sounds a little different than kindness, don't you? Oh, just be kind. You're just so kind. You're kind. Well, you can be kind and not walk in moral excellence. Hello? But this word in the Greek means moral excellence. It's kindness. We're excellent. Somebody can be kind to you and they can they can be loving to you. But it's this kindness is an action and it means moral excellence. It means a life full of of uh, a virtue. That's the next one. A life full of virtue. So we need kindness in action, but we need also need a life full of virtue. Everybody say virtue. We don't use that word a lot, do we? We use the word goodness. It's goodness. And that's what it really means in in the actual Greek, it means goodness, and that's goodness. Everybody say goodness. That's the goodness that we have. It's the goodness that we have. It's the goodness that we have a life full of goodness. You can be good to people. You can be kind to people, right, and still have moral excellence. You can be good to those people. You can be able to, to operate in the goodness of God. And see, we, we've got to shift people because some people think if God's a hard taskmaster, then he's not going to be good. He's withholding something in me. But the perfect theology is Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, if somebody asks for, uh, for, for a gift, you're not going to give them a stone instead of a gift. Come on. You're not going to give them what they don't want, but you give gifts that are good gifts, right? Because our Father gives us good gifts. So not only do we have patience and kindness and action and a life full of virtue, but faith that prevails. Everybody say faith that prevails. I'm going to have the worship team. I'm going to have you guys come on up if you will. Faith that prevails. This is pistis and it means moral conviction. It means truth itself. It means truth itself. It's faith that prevails. How many of you know when you have faith for something and then it arrives, you don't have to have faith for it any longer? Because it's already arrived. It's here. You know what I mean? Well, I have, I have faith. I have faith. I have faith that God's going to do this. Or I have faith that God's going to do that. And you stay and you walk in faith and you operate in faith. But then when that thing shows up, you don't have to have faith for it anymore because it's here. How many of you came in today and you went to sit down on your chair and said, I don't know if this is going to hold me? Nobody did that. I looked around. I watched you all sit down. You just plopped yourself right down there. You know what I mean? You, have, you didn't have to have faith for the chair to hold you. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? You didn't have to have faith for it to hold you because it's there. You know it's going to hold you. Of course, if it didn't, you would know that too. Gentleness of heart. Gentleness of heart is the other way to walk in the spirit. And that's walking in humility. That's walking in humility. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and, and then strength of the spirit. Strength of the spirit. And we, it, it's self-control. It means being strong in something. Being strong in something. Self-control. Are you able to be strong in something? It's, it's, it's to be masterful, masterful. Well, I got an issue with anger. I have to be masterful in how I deal with that anger. Can I get an amen? 
See, I've got to be, I've got to be masterful. I've got to stay in the spirit. I've got to work in the spirit. I've got to continue in the spirit. I've got to recognize that I've got to be masterful in that. And it goes on and says, the strength of the spirit. Never set these laws above the qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Excuse me. Above the qualities. So the law, right, is like here's the law, that these are to supersede the law. And these qualities should ever be increasing. They're limitless. So we've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, virtue, faith, gentleness, strength. And as when we look at that, these are not limitless. Well, I don't know if I can do enough. Some people are concerned. I know some people that think God's going to run out of love. Well, they love all these people, but he does he love you. He doesn't love me. Yes, he loves you. Well, I don't know, but he, he hadn't run out of love for you. Amen? I, I want you to realize and understand that these days that we need to be able to be operating in faith. These days, we need to be able to be strengthened. These days, we need to have the love of God and release the love of God. These days, we need to have the joy and let the joy be our strength and it needs to overflow. These days, we need to be patient. We need to be patient and have patience that endures. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because a lot of times we think it's a microwave society. Let me get it done. Put it in the microwave. Let's put 30 seconds on that. Ding! God, you made me a cake. Well, all I know is that Jerry's chocolate cake, and you got the theme today, Jerry, but Jerry's chocolate cake isn't made in 30 seconds. Can I get an amen? And because we've got to operate in that. There's a life of kindness in action. There's a life of, of full of virtue. There's faith that prevails. No matter what's going on, there's faith. There's a gentleness of heart that we begin to operate in, and we keep operating in. There's strength of the Spirit. Somebody say, I'm strong. You are strong. And even when you're weak, come on, God is strong. But you are strong. You are stronger than you think. Amen? You are stronger. What? Because when I am weak, He is strong. And when He's strong, it makes me strong. And I can be strong of my spirit to be able to walk in those things. And never set the law above these qualities, for they're meant to be limitless. His word is spirit and life. And I don't, I, I want, let's worship the Lord. I just feel like as we walk in the Spirit, as we're learning and growing about walking in the Spirit, let's just begin to worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings today. Let's worship God the Father, our loving Heavenly Father. Let's begin to worship Him. Let's allow the Spirit to just have His way. Let's just stand to our feet. Let's just begin to, to take all these things and let's just begin to have God do something with them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that these are need to be an increasing measure. There's, they're limitless on this. And we need to be able to, to, to just release that today. So let's just take a moment and worship the Lord this morning. Tandem, will you lead us this morning? We come alive to magnify the praises of our God. The rocks cry out. If we don't shout the praises of our God, there's nothing that can stay.
Dwayne says, look, there's more to the story. I'd like to hear the other part of it. You, you want to hear that part? Sorry, I get nervous when I talk in front of everybody. But, you know, it took me down there and told me, hey, you got to go to Texas and work for a week and all this. I said, that's fine. I said, but I ain't going. I said, take me five minutes to get my stuff and get out here. I go down there and collect my stuff. My phone was down there in my shop on the charger. I pick it up, a missed call. So, got all my stuff in my hand, throw it in the back of my pickup. I call this missed call. And this has been going on for a while, and I've, I ain't the one just set at home, so I knew for it for a while, and I done told him I wasn't going to Texas. I wasn't going to be away from my family. I done done that for many years. And uh, so I call this call back. He said, hey, you coming to work for me? I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So, uh, I done got a job. Oh, yeah, I done got a job. Dollar less than what I was making. Get many overtime as I want. And I'm 
Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray with you today. As we begin to release not only the kingdom of God within us, but we begin to release you to be able to walk in the Spirit. We know that this day is a day that we've got to operate in faith. I know this is a time where you need to know God. And if you don't know God, we're asking you to know Him right now. And just invite Him into your heart. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart and be my personal Savior. And that you believe that He died, and not only did He die and paid the penalty for sin and the judgment on Him, but He rose and, and He rose again and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And we need to know God. So you need to be able to know God. You also need to be able to walk in the Spirit. You need to be able to step into those places. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to be able to walk in the Spirit in all situations and all circumstances. Now you need to be led by the Spirit. Let's begin to hear the Spirit of God. I want to pray for your hearing that not only your physical hearing, but the, you know, the word heart in the middle of the word heart is the word ear, E-A-R. Your ear that you spiritually, that you hear from the Lord and that you hear from Holy Spirit and he begins to lead and guide you. And then I'm calling for your belief system just to begin to go to that next level, that you believe the word of God, that you've got to understand the word in context and that you operate in the Word in context and you understand that. And then also that you believe that God is limitless <laughs> and that His promises are true. In fact, they're yes and amen. And that His grace and His mercy is sufficient for you. So God, I challenge your people here today and those that are watching us online today that as they begin to read the Word, you'll begin to speak to them. Then that they begin to look and just see how good you are. And that they operate within the goodness of God. And you release your goodness and your grace upon everybody today. Apostle John used to pray over us. He'd say, grace and great grace. So I'm going to declare that in your life today. Grace and great grace in Jesus' name. Let's give him a mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're here today and you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Go forth in his power and his might. We love you. We bless you. And, and we, we say God is good and he's good all the time. Have a great afternoon in the Lord.